Welcome to the Christian Worship Center podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you. Visit us online at cwcbayarea.com for service times and directions. I'm speaking to the faithful this morning. I'm speaking to those of you that have given so much of your lives and your hearts to God. Speaking to those of you that have given so much of yourselves that now you're beginning to feel tired, you're beginning to feel weary. Speaking to those of you that have given so much of your heart, your soul, your spirit, and you find yourself at a period of time in your life where you're finding it hard to focus. It's hard to get up out of bed in the morning. It's hard to find purpose to going to work. You find yourself on this carousel, this merry-go-round that's just going round in circles and you feel like you're not making any process, any progress. In a merry-go-round, you're going in circles. In this, in this Ferris wheel, you find yourself high one moment, low the next. It's just in this constant struggle that's going on. And yet you know in whom you believed in. You knew that at one time you were so faithful to God. God was your everything. God was the very purpose that that you woke up in the morning. You couldn't wait to see what God had next for your life. You'd get up in the morning and open the word. You'd get in the car and turn on some worship music. God was your all in all. You couldn't wait for service. Sunday wasn't about the party. It wasn't about the, the, the nightlife. It was all about I can't wait to get to the presence of God. But something's happened along the way. Something took place. Life has happened. And it's happened to all of us. We've all been there. There's times, I know, you know, like that that little cartoon that shows, you know, that individual knocking on the door telling, you hear hear him knocking, you got to go to school today. And the the, the voice coming out, I don't want to go to school today. And the voice saying, you have to go to school today. And said, why? Because you're the teacher. Heard the same joke in regards to pastors as well. I don't want to go to church today. You have to go. No, why do I have to go? Because you're the pastor. Tell me, there's times, there's been times and seasons in my life I didn't want to come to church. But I'm committed to you. Even more than that, I'm committed to him. Now, this isn't a come-to-church message, okay? So relax, those of you that haven't been here for a few weeks, okay? Those that have social lives, all right? So don't, don't, don't trip out, okay? That, that's not what this is about. This is about those of you that are tired. And I found myself, kind of, kind of preface this message, that I found myself at the beginning of this year. But by, by December, I am so fired up for the next year. I have the vision laid out. I have the plan together. I'm already uh, planning and looking forward to what God's going to do in the next year. But this December, as it came up, I I found myself struggling. I, I would kneel down to pray. I was doing the right things, but I just felt like I wasn't going anywhere in the process. I found myself getting tired. I found myself wondering, God, why? Well, I'm not, I feel like I'm not hearing. I'm speaking the word. I feel like I'm, I'm preparing the word you've given me to speak. But why don't, I not, why don't I feel this passion, the drive that I always have? I've always had a drive. I've always had a passion. You can blame me about lacking in a lot of areas, but passion's not one of them. And I found myself just finding lack of passion, lack of drive, and I'm trying to figure out what's going on. And I told my wife, I don't know why I'm feeling this way. 
And at last time I felt that way, and this shows you who I am, last time I felt this way was back in 2007. And it was right when the economy crashed, and I wasn't sad about the economy, I was just tired. Seven years of planning the church, and I found myself leaving on empty. I found myself at this point where the preach probably the best message I ever preached for me. On the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. This year I found myself going through that, but it wasn't like 2007. I don't feel burnt out. Then I begin to find out, well, so-and-so has, you know, we're missing so-and-so. Where's so-and-so been? Where's this family been? Where's that family? Where's this person? Where's that person? Begin to find out that other individuals, well, pastor, just tired, and we got this going on, we got that going on, this is happening, that's taking place in life. And I begin to realize that what I was feeling wasn't what I was feeling, but as the father of this house, I was feeling what our body was feeling. And I had to mature to the point that I wasn't taking it personal, but recognizing that there's some people, you've given a lot. You've been in the worship team. You've taught Sunday school. You've been helped out and set up and break down. Been in the prayer team. You've done all kinds of things. You, you've been involved. I mean, you, you, God is your heart. God is your soul. You've given so much. You were in internship, became a minister. But there's seasons in life that we go through that we find ourselves. And I want to share with you quickly about the departed. Everyone say the departed. Stand to your feet and turn your Bibles with me to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want to talk to you about two people that love the world. Two people that love the world. In fact, for, for this message, I'm going to ask Vivi if you just kind of hang out there. Don't, don't run anywhere on this one. Just kind of stay close, okay? Paul is talking about a young man that has been part of his life. Someone he relied on. And all of a sudden, he's writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 10, and he closes out his letter with this. For Demas has forsaken me. That's kind of cold. If this was social media, Paul just put Demas on blast. <laughs> Come on, somebody. Dude, I mean, he, he not, I mean, we put it on Facebook. It's probably forgotten a couple years from now. But this dude, he put it in the word. Best-selling book ever that's continuing to be reproduced in every language and for, for generations. Demas has forsaken me. I'll tell you what that word means in a moment. Having loved this present world and has departed for Thessalonica. Pray with me now. Father, help in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to know that love is the most powerful force on earth. It was love that transformed the earth when Jesus came and he showed love. He didn't bring a sword, he came with love. It was love was the focus of, of the whole transformation of the civil rights movement. It wasn't with violence that they came and brought equal rights. It was doc, uh, Dr. Martin Luther King brought love that brought transformation. Love is one of the most and the most powerful force on earth. Love. But love has the power to be able to draw you in the right direction or the wrong direction. Depending on where we give our affection to. Come on, somebody. 
Love is that one thing. And I found, I don't know how many times where I've seen great young people that have been, that, that are on fire for God or a young lady, a young man that loves God so much, all of a sudden meet someone that doesn't know God. And all of a sudden, that, that individual that was so on fire for God, all of a sudden turns their affections. It's like after all these years of serving God, you're willing to hand it over for He ain't even cute. It, she, she ain't all that. I mean, now, if she was a 10, I'd be like, okay, you know, I could. I mean, he... But there's two people that love the world. The Bible says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave. How do I know that it's real love is when you give. The other love will cause you to forsake. The right kind of love will cause you to give. The wrong kind of love will cause you to forsake. And here we have Jesus and Demas. And there's two words that are used for world in this passage. The first word, world, Jesus loved the world that he gave. Demas loved the world that he forsake, forsook. And that first word is cosmos. Everyone say cosmos. Now cosmos, let me explain to you, talks about when God says, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form, void, and in darkness. And the, when we talk about world, it's talking about mankind. It's talking about the order of the universe, of what God created, all right? So when the word says God loved the world, he's referring to the order, to mankind, and to all of creation. Come on, somebody. Are you with me? So it's okay to love creation. It's okay to love the world. That's where where Jesus loved the world that he gave. But the word we're talking about, the world here, isn't talking about the, the, the creation. It's talking about an era, It's talking about a time. And how many people have turned away from God because of a season? Say it again, Pastor. A certain season we go through in life. You know, when I was single, I loved God. But now that I got married, you know, it's my season of married. uh, It's my season that I'm married. So I got to invest in my marriage. I got to invest in my family. And so that's why we're not in church anymore. You know, my sons are playing basketball. They're playing football. They're playing baseball. So I can't come to church anymore because of the time, the season. I love God, but you know what, man? I gotta make that. I gotta make that Skrilla. I gotta make them dread presidents. I gotta do. I got. I gotta make me mine. I gotta get mine. I gotta work. I gotta take care. I gotta take care of this now while I have the season, the time. And when the word says that he loved the world, it's referring to the material possessions, the things that the world has to offer in that age. Jesus loved mankind while Demas loved or was infatuated with the age. The problem is is that the age will fade away. Are you investing into something that will fade away? Now, now, don't, don't get me wrong. Don't walk out of here and say pastor's preaching against money or business, relationships, family, or children. 
I've even told some parents, a pastor, I'm sorry, I can't be at church this weekend. My son has a basketball game or whatever. I tell them, hey, invest into your child. But be faithful the rest of the year. Don't take away from my, my parents never got involved in my sports life. I was and when growing up, my dad thought it was a sin to be involved in sports. Because it took away from church. And so I never had the opportunity. So now when I see parents that have children that want to get their children involved in sports, I say, do it. But when that season's over, get back to church. Make be faithful. If you can't make it on Sunday, make it Wednesday night. Get to prayer. Do the things that you can. Go to the things that you can. But show commitment. The problem is, is that after baseball, it's football. After football, it's basketball. After basketball, it's family time. What do you think you've been doing the past few months? I want to talk to you about Demas. And Demas, his name means popular. And there's times that we just want to remain popular with people. So we're making decisions that don't offend people, but offends God. You're a Demas. We've become a Demas. And Demas was a companion. And and this is the, the, the trip about him. Because some people would say, well, he was never in. Never was really serving God. The same way Paul put him on blast, Paul honored him twice in two other books. He says, Demas, my co-laborer, my fellow laborer is with me. Book of Galatians talks about this. and So uh, let, me, let me set a timeline for you. It's about 60 A.D. Everyone say 60 A.D. So Jesus has been dead and resurrected again for, for probably just about 30 years, 27 years. And about 60 A.D., Paul's writing about the things that Jesus did. Demas is hanging out with Paul. He starts out as a helper, and later Paul refers to him as a fellow, an equal. You didn't catch that. Paul's not saying you're my helper. You're not the one that carries my backpacks. You're not my flunky. You're not my intern. You're my co-worker. We're equal. You have the same passion, same anointing, same calling. We're, we're in this together, buddy. We're in this together, homie. We're walking this thing out. We're, and so, so during this time, you got Paul who is stoned by some city because he's preaching the word of God. And they left him for dead. And in that process, Demas is there watching this go on. He watches the disciples get around Paul who they thought was dead. And the apostles raise him back up again. Read your word. The Bible says they left him for dead. I believe that he was dead because they knew how to kill people. When they stoned people, they didn't leave life in them. They killed them. And Paul got stoned for preaching the word. They dragged him outside the city. And then the disciples came around him and they picked him back up again. And listen, you better hang around with folks that have the ability to build you back up again when other people have torn you down. Because we need to be surrounded by people that when other people leave you for dead, have the ability to breathe life back into you again. I can go somewhere with that, but I'm going to stay right here. 
So, so Demas sees these things. He sees the shipwrecks. He goes through the, the, the process of Paul getting, getting, getting uh, arrested and so forth. His name, he's, he's listed as a companion and fellow uh, co-worker with Paul, mentioned twice in Paul's writing. But then something happens. Everyone say something happens. Notice the scripture that we read. For Demas has forsaken. Someone say forsaken. Forsaken, forsaken me. That there's something happened here. We don't know what took place loving the present world and departed for Thessalonica. Why? Something happened in that five years. What took place in 60 AD all the way to 65 AD? What took place from the time that, that, that he was with, G, with Paul and Paul saying, this is my co-laborer, to the point where now Paul's saying, this brother left me abandoned. He forsook me. And how many of us are they going to say next year at this time, oh, they used to serve God? Oh, they used to be committed. I don't want anyone in this place to be a used to be. Say it again, Pastor. I don't want anyone in this church to be considered a used to be. That's not God's plan for your life. How do you go from a fellow worker, and let, let's, get, let's get straight, how do you go from a fellow worker to a deserter? There's two truths I want you to understand as we, we bring this together. First of all, Demas was committed, right? Brother was all in. But secondly, we know something happened. And, and Paul, Paul puts him on blast that he left, but he doesn't say why he left. But I think if you go back, you could do CSI and pull out some of the things that could have happened. Take a look at these clues here. Uh, Troy, if you come join uh, Vivi up there and worship team, if you can come take your places. I want you to notice what takes place here. Paul is now, Demas, his mentor, is now in prison. They've gone from traveling all over the place, the excitement of the word and passing the word and and the battle to now his mentor is in prison. Have you ever been let down? Ever prayed for something that didn't go your way? This is what's going on with Demas. He's believing something for God and all of a sudden his, his mentor, the guy he's looking up to, is now in prison. And all he's been, from traveling, he's standing right next to him. He's just being there to get this, get that. And he finds himself in a new place called Rome. And when he gets to Rome, all these distractions start calling out to him. If you you want to talk about Rome, Rome was what was like, that was a technology capital of the world of those days. All the latest fashion came out of there. All the latest trade came out of there. All the latest trends came out of Rome. Rome was the place. And now this young man finds himself in this land without his mentor to lead him. And he starts seeing the grandeur of Rome. Starts seeing the style of Rome. He starts seeing the lifestyle of Rome. How many times have we gotten off track and ran after things that don't match up with the word of God? And we get distracted by good things but not necessarily the God thing.
And he gets distracted by his surroundings, ends up getting fatigued. Have you ever been tired before? Some of y'all tired right now. You're asleep already. It's comfortable in here. Just been tired. Alarm clock goes off, and you're like, oh, not again. Oh, God. You look at the clock, and you've already hit snooze so many times, you're five minutes late for work. You know, I need you to understand we all get tired. You got to acknowledge it, but we all get tired. The problem is, is that when we're tired, we end up making choices that we normally don't make. Never make a permanent decision based on a temporary circumstance. And how many times do we find ourselves tired? I'm tired of looking for the right person. I'm tired of looking for the right job. I'm tired of work, you know, look, working, for, working and trying to break this addiction. And so we end up making decisions and choices of just settling rather than digging in and continuing to press on. Demas lost focus. And as a result, ended up losing love. Listen, this ring right here, I don't know how many times I've shared this story. But this ring was given to me 27 years ago by this beautiful lady sitting in the front row. The one I just dropped. If you, I'm, I'm telling you, you take a look at this ring. This ring's gone through hell. I'm telling it's bent, not even cir- a circle anymore. <laughs> Look at that. Because, you know, when I, when I work out, when I lift weights or whatever, I, I, I keep it on. I never take this ring off, unlike some people. I keep this <laughs> ring on all the time. But I want you to understand that when I first got this ring, when we first got it, it, it would get caught on everything. On, on, on the sheets, it get caught on sweaters, and th- there was something about the the setting that had, it was sticking up. And so every time I put something on, it would get caught, and I just ignored it. Until one day, I looked down and realized because I ignored it, I ended up losing a diamond. Now my diamonds are tiny compared to hers, but I lost a diamond. <laughs> And so for the following Christmas, I, and Ange went and she bought me a new ring trying to match this one. So for Christmas, I opened it up, and there's the ring there, and we're all, mm, no, thank you. And I told her, now take it back. And she had the ring made because we had, we had designed this one. And she was like, why? This one's whole. This one's better than that one. I said, no, it's not. Because if you look at my ring now, my ring is still missing a diamond. And it reminds me daily of this, that if I ignore the irritations in my marriage, I could end up losing something very valuable. And it's when we ignore the irritations of life, ignore what's going on, that all of a sudden, before you know it, we end up losing someone, something very valuable. This is a reminder to me on a daily basis. So what am I telling you? I'm simply saying this, is that when we lose focus, 
We end up losing love. And we don't step out of love. It's a, I love you, but I'm not in love with you. What are you talking about? Love is a choice. Love is not an emotion. Love is a commitment. It's something that I choose to love you. I choose to be committed. And when you say you don't love God anymore, you're saying simply this, is somewhere along the way you chose to love someone or something else more. 1 John, stand to your feet. 1 John says, do not love the world nor the things of this world or the things it offers you. Hey, come on, the world offers a lot. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. Wow. Business isn't wrong. Making money, there's nothing wrong with that. Having a relationship, there's nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with those things, but when you put them before God and your standards with God, then there's issues. Thank God for your job, but your job should not come before God. Thank God for your relationship, but your relationship better not take place of God. What am I talking about? You know, your relationship should glorify God. But we love each other. Then put a ring on it. You tried to test, test drive the car without getting the pink slip. Some of you get that on the way home. <laughs> Demas begin to live his life for the now. And it's time to stop living for the now. Because when we begin to forsake God, forsake literally means, and check this out, this is so powerful. When we forsake, we literally, we end up abandoning, leaving straits, helpless, or let down. We let people down. When we love this time more than we love God. And as a result, we end up with broken relationships creates separation, broken relationships, and we end up letting other people down. Demas was, was counted on, and as a result of his losing focus, he let people around him down. You know, husbands, you lose focus when all of a sudden your, your, your eyes start wandering and you start giving more attention to the ladies at work than your wife at home. And it doesn't always happen consciously, but what ends up happening is you lose focus. And all of a sudden, you end up causing separation first between you and God and your, you and your convictions. Well, it's not that bad. You know what I'm talking about. Come on. Every one of you know what I'm talking about. Because before you sin, conviction of the Holy Spirit speaking to you. You think it's your, your little voice inside you? That's not a little angel, a little demon. It's the Holy Spirit. No matter how far away you are from God, the Spirit of God's always drawing you. And so that voice you hear, uh, you, you talk yourself out of it. And it gets to the point where we silence that voice and all we hear is our desires. It's not the devil, it's you. It's you with horns. It's, the Bible says that you, are not, you, you don't fall into sin when, when God tempts you. You fall into sin because your own evil desires draw you away. 
Stop blaming it on God. God provides no, there's no temptation that's overcome you. Except that which is common to man. For God will not allow a man to be tempted beyond which he can stand without preparing a way of escape. Problem is, we're not looking for the exit. All kinds of exits on the way. You just keep... But I love her, God. I love her. But God, I want him. He's so cute. Matthew eleven twenty eight. I'm not even going to finish the other stuff I have on here. Then Jesus said, come to me. Bow your heads. Just listen to this verse. Then Jesus said, come to me, all ye who are weary and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Thank you for downloading this message. For more information on our church, visit us at cwcbayarea.com. You can also follow us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash cwcbayarea.com.